0: Thanks to LinkedIn for supporting industry focus. LinkedIn Jobs uses knowledge of both hard and soft skills to match you with the people who fit your role the best. Post a job today at LinkedIn.com slash full and get $50 off your first job post. Welcome to Industry Focus, a show that dives into a different sector of the stock market every single day. Today is Wednesday, September the 25th, and we're talking healthcare. I'm your host, Shannon Jones, and I am joined via Skype uh, by Brian Faroldi. He is our health and med tech specialist. Brian, so glad to be back on the show with you today.
1: Hey, Shannon, it is awesome to be back.
0: Yes. How are things been since we last checked in?
1: Oh, things are going great here. We are back into uh, the swing of school season. I do have three children attending elementary school now, uh, which is just fantastic. And um, I am actually in the process of kicking off a stock picking uh, contest at my children's uh, elementary school. So I've, I've been invited to go in and talk to the kids about uh, video game stocks, uh, streaming video companies, uh, clothing companies, and I'm uh, allowing the kids to uh, pick a couple of stocks and I'm going to be tracking their results uh, between now and the end of the year. So doing my best to spread the foolish word here.
0: Oh, I love that, Brian. I love it so much. I could almost forgive you for wearing a Patriot sweater right now. Um, But in the honor of foolish wisdom, (laughs) I think that is all great love that you're getting started so early with kids and investing. You know, I look back and wish I'd had those seeds planted early on. um, But that's awesome that you're doing it at the elementary school level.
1: Yeah, totally. And uh, it's a really exciting time right now because I get to talk to the kids about the upcoming launch of Disney Plus and how that compares to YouTube and Netflix.
0: So there's tons to talk about. The kids just love it. Awesome. I cannot wait to hear updates when we have you back on the show. I want to hear how these kids are doing because I bet you they can probably beat some of our best analysts here. I think so. (laughs) All right. Well, today's show, uh, we're talking about Three companies at the forefront of a huge problem, particularly here in the US, and that is healthcare expenses. As you know, healthcare expenditures here in the US are just astronomical. So, companies that are really at the forefront of helping to drive down the cost of healthcare are always top on our list. So, today's show is going to be giving you three stock ideas, three great companies that I think really are at the forefront of that movement. Uh, Brian, before we get into those three stocks, I think we should probably set the stage and just explain just how big of a problem this is here in the U.S. Brian, what can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, so it's no shock to our listeners that the U.S. spends a huge amount of money on uh, healthcare, and this figure has just been growing at a much faster rate than inflation for years. Um, So, uh, last year, the U.S. spent about three point five trillion dollars on healthcare. Uh, That amounted to about 18% of our uh, GDP. Uh, And to break that number down further, um, about a third of that total goes to hospitals. Uh, 20% goes to uh, physicians or clinicians. So think like outpatient visits. Uh, Drugs were about 10% of of the total, uh, both prescription and uh, generic. Uh, Nursing homes, 5%. Dental, 4%. Medical devices, uh, 4%. So the big driver there is clearly uh, hospitals and uh, physician visits. And if you break that down on a per-person basis, it amounts to about $10,739 per person. Now, to give you some context, uh, the next highest spender on a country basis is Switzerland at about $8,000 per person. So, the U.S. is almost 35 40% above the second highest spender. And the average developed country uh, that's similar to the U.S. Uh, spends about $5,280 per year. So, the U.S. is almost double the average.
0: That is amazing to me, um, and really, I think sad more than anything because healthcare—just even getting access to quality healthcare—is is hard here in the U.S. And then on top of that, when you have just the massive amount of money um, that's required to even try to get just basic services—that's something that that certainly is near and dear to my heart. But I mean, healthcare spending I mean it's bad now it's only expected to get worse moving forward you talked about that three trillion dollar figure three and a half trillion dollars that's expected to surpass six trillion by 2027. Uh, And that means, basically, it's going to be outpacing GDP growing, I think, about an average of 5.5% every single year. So, I mean, this is a problem that is going to continue to get worse. And so, companies that are driving to help bring down costs, certainly a big focus of ours. Let's start with the top stop for you, Brian. Uh, The first one being health equity. That's ticker symbol HQY. For our listeners who may not be aware, Brian, can you just explain exactly what health equity does? and how it is aiming to solve the healthcare expenditure problem. Sure. So, uh, Health Equity is
1: a company that we've uh, covered on the show before, but they are a uh, the the country's leading provider of health uh, savings accounts. And uh, they actually just completed a uh, an acquisition recently of a company called WageWork. So, for uh, as long as we've been covering them on the show, they've been the number two provider, but they have now lep- uh, leapfrogged into the number one position. So they they now administer 4.9 million uh, health savings accounts, and they also provide uh, other types of um, healthcare focused. Savings accounts, such as uh, flexible spending accounts, uh, health reimbursement arrangements, Cobra benefits, etc. But uh, health savings accounts are their their bread and butter, and these uh, these accounts are basically uh, a triple tax-free savings vehicle uh, for healthcare expenditures for for Americans. So you can make contributions to an HSA uh, before tax. Uh, Any funds that are in there grow in the account tax-free. And then as long as you spend them on uh, qualified health care expenditures, uh, that, that is also tax-free. So these are a, almost a no-brainer choice if you have access to them. Uh, however, not every American has access to an HSA account. Uh, in order to gain access, you have to have a high-deductible uh, health plan. So that is a health plan that has a uh, $1,350 deductible for an individual or $2,700 uh, for a family. Uh, but high-deductible health care uh, plan Are becoming increasingly popular uh, with employers and um, um, uh, around the US because the average um, uh, high deductible health plan offers a premium savings of about $1,700 per year. So these things are definitely growing in popularity with both employers and uh, members.
0: Absolutely. And I think, uh, really, with this particular model, with HSAs, popular especially with younger adults who tend to be on the healthier side, um, but I think one of the key things with health equity, um, I think you had a chance to talk with the CEO, I know uh, Motley Fool co-founder and CEO Tom Gardner and I had a chance to sit down with him. One of the big things, I think, with health equity, I love the ability to save for expenses and then to be able to invest those expenses um, but I think the education piece is key to that because, obviously, most people are getting their insurance through an employer. So it requires an employer being educated about this particular option and then having the employer also educate their employees. And so I think there's a huge opportunity within this space to just increase overall awareness um, and really to still continue to get people interested in learning about the advantages of an HSA and the advantages of just being able to invest and set aside money for healthcare expenses long term.
1: Yeah, I think you touched upon a couple of uh, important points right there. So, health equity does provide the HSAs, administer the HSAs themselves, which can lead to significant cost savings. Uh, but they also uh, do a couple other uh, things that help members save money. So, uh, through their investments, they actually have um, uh, partnered with Vanguard, uh, the leading provider of low-cost index funds, to enable uh, their members to invest in in, uh, in Vanguard funds um, what That once they have funds in their account. Um, they also provide a, a high-touch model. So, if you are a a a health equity uh, member and you have a big healthcare expense coming up, say you need an MRI or a PET scan or something like that, you can actually call health equity and they can actually uh, do some shopping around for you so that you can save money um, um, on on your spending by by them recommending to you a certain facility over another one. So they are helping their members to save money uh, in numerous ways. And, uh, And for investors, uh, what really excites me about health equity is that the HSAs have come a long way, but there is still an enormous amount of room uh, for growth here. Uh, to put some numbers on it, um, there are currently about 22 million HSA uh, accounts uh, in the U.S. Uh, within the next couple of years, that number is expected to reach at least 50 million. So, the number of members is going to grow. Um, but the, number of, the amount of assets that are held in these HSA accounts is combined, about um, $8 billion today. Uh, health equity believes that at market maturity, that figure will grow to $600 uh, billion. And that's really exciting for investors in health equity because they, they earn uh, fees on both assets under management as well as subscription fees and transaction fees. So the more people that choose HSAs and the more assets they have, the more money that, H- uh, that health equity will make.
0: Absolutely. So, a huge long term runway right there for health equity. A lot to watch with this particular platform, especially with that WageWorks acquisition that you mentioned. They are aiming to be an end to end solution for healthcare expenses. So, a lot to watch there. Um, let's talk about our next company, next stock. This is a digital health player. None other than Lavongo Health, and that's ticker symbol LVGO. Also, a recent IPO it hit the market back in July. Um, Brian, a lot of eyes on Lavongo, especially as I think investors have had, I guess, somewhat of a tepid response to digital health. Um, hello, Fitbit. Uh, but Lavongo, I think, was really um, among the pack of companies hoping to go public, kind of test the water, see if investor appetite was improving. And so, a lot of eyes have been on this particular stock. Before we get into that, though, can you just explain exactly what Livongo Health does?
1: Yes. So, Livongo uh, provides a uh, connected health platform for helping people with chronic uh, diseases uh, to better uh, manage their disease. So an example of a uh, chronic disease would be uh, diabetes, uh, hypertension, depression, uh, obesity. And the number of Americans with uh, chronic diseases is, is, is huge. 147 million Americans uh, have at least one chronic disease. So what Livongo does is it provides a platform that enables real-time coaching and feedback to patients that encourages them to live a, a healthy healthier life when they are in the moment. So their flagship product is called Livongo for Diabetes. And a Livongo member gets a internet connected blood glucose uh, meter. And whenever they take a blood glucose uh, reading, uh, that number is sent off to Livongo. And Livongo... Uh, contacts the member immediately after the reading and makes suggestions for what they can do based on the reading. So if they get a high number, um, they can get a suggestion to uh, take some medication or talk to their doctor about uh, increasing their dosage. If they get a low number, they can get uh, advice about how to raise their blood sugar to a healthy, healthier level. And the important thing here is that these messages are given to the patient when they need it most, when they are actively uh, doing something to, to manage their disease. So uh, Livongo calls these, uh, these mini interventions um, health nudges, and they actually have the data to show that these little interventions on a constant basis actually leads to significantly better health outcomes and cost savings. So the average Livongo for diabetes uh, user lowers their uh, A1C by 0.8 points, which is a meaningful uh, difference, and that leads to uh, cost savings of about $1,908 per member, per year. So, these little health nudges really
0: add up. Exactly. And it's not just diabetes they're going after either. Granted, that's, I think, where they've really kind of made a name for themselves. They've even actually rolled out um, an Amazon Alexa-enabled skill, so where members literally can go up to Alexa, ask about their blood glucose readings and then get tips um, on how to to manage diabetes, which I think is really cool. And I think they're even integrated with uh, Apple Watch, Samsung, and even Fitbit. So certainly um, becoming more a part of the lifestyle. But diabetes is not where they're stopping, Brian, because they're also looking at some other chronic diseases to help manage that, too.
1: Yeah, so they have already launched uh, Lavongo for hypertension, uh, Lavongo for weight management and prediabetes, Lavongo for behavioral health, which includes depression. So in the case of weight management, for example, uh, they have the data to show that the average Lavongo for weight management user uh, loses 7% of their body weight after one year. The average uh, lavongo with behavioral health that has uh, depression uh, leads to much better um, management of their depression over time. So all of these changes actually lead to meaningful clinical outcomes for patients, and that does, in the long term, drive long-term um, uh, cost savings. So, Livongo's, um sales pitch to um uh, insurers or employers or health plans is basically allow us to manage your members in real time and we will save them more money in the long run through healthcare savings than we charge you up front for our prescription uh, services. So that is a message that is really resonating uh, with employers right now. These guys just crossed 192,000 Lavongo uh, for diabetes members, which is the only number that they report, um, which is you know, that's, that's, a of, that's a lot of patience. Uh, the good news for investors is that that's still very tiny when compared to the 30 million Americans alone that have diabetes. So, they've come a long way, but wow, do they have a long way to go.
0: They have a very long way to go. But um, I think all in all, they've got a business model. It's got a reoccurring revenue stream, which we like. Um, I mentioned, of course, with any IPO, you're always looking at financials. Um, they actually just posted some pretty impressive top-line results, right, Brian? Yes. So, their
1: revenue just grew 156% uh, year-over-year to $41 million. And the nice thing is, this is actually a relatively high-margin business. So, their gross margin is about 68%. Uh, So, when you combine triple-digit growth with a strong gross margin, their gross profit is expanding rapidly, which gives them many options to continue to reinvest heavily and the business to continue to grow and scale. So, the early numbers that we've seen out of this company thus far are very impressive.
0: Exactly. And I just read a report um, by healthcare growth partners. They evaluated Lavongo plus a few other peers uh, within this digital health space. And basically, the conclusion was Lavongo has the highest share of reoccurring revenue, the highest growth rate and the highest gross margin. And, of course, the highest valuation among the group, and that also includes Health Catalyst. So with that being said, certainly a company to keep an eye on, anything that can not only, um, I guess, drive clinical outcomes, but really drive and reinforce better habits for the long term is only going to save the patient and the healthcare system long term.
1: Yeah, totally. Encouraging people to live healthier lives just leads to enormous benefits down the road. I mean, if you can keep just one member out of the hospital, uh, that just leads to thousands of dollars of cost savings.
0: Absolutely. So on the other side of the break, we've got one more stock for you. But first, a quick word from our friends at LinkedIn. Having been a hiring manager across multiple roles and multiple organizations, there's one thing I can tell you. Hiring isn't as simple as just putting an ad in the paper or posting to a job board. When you're juggling hiring with everything else it takes to grow a business, it's important that you reach the right candidates at the right time. And that's exactly where LinkedIn comes in. Um, As someone who's explored and used the LinkedIn Jobs platform, I can say the most useful feature is targeted job promotion. The ability to drive a job via email and across LinkedIn to candidates with the best skill set for the job. Ultimately, this makes the hiring process uh, that much better. It takes it to another level, making it extremely efficient. Things like collaboration, work ethic, adaptability... LinkedIn actually does the legwork to match you to the most qualified candidate, so you can focus on hiring the person who will ultimately transform your business. Consider that more than 35 million job seekers visit LinkedIn Jobs every single month, and more than 600 million members visit LinkedIn to make connections, learn, and grow as professionals, as well as discover new job opportunities. To get $50 off your first job post, go to LinkedIn.com slash full. Again, that's LinkedIn.com slash full to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. All right, so the last and final company that is driving, hopefully, healthcare expenses down is none other than Teladoc, that is ticker symbol TDOC. This is a company that I think really combines the latest tech in video conferencing. With access to quality medical care. For me, that's a winning strategy that I think is a win for all. Brian, tell us a little bit more about the awesome company that is Teledoc.
1: Yeah, I think this is one that I probably our listeners are most familiar with, if for no other reason than uh, Jason Mosier has been banging the drum on Teladoc basically since <laughs> it came public. Uh, but Teladoc is a uh, the leader in the virtual doctor's visit. So the ability to have a video conference consultation uh, with a doctor no matter where you are on any device at any time. So Teladoc's uh, services enable uh, patients to be connected to a qualified physician uh, within minutes uh, just by pushing a button from the comfort of their own home. And virtual visits can be used to treat a huge range of... Um of uh, disease states, uh, including uh, depression, uh, tobacco cessation, uh, dermatology issues, uh, basic health care like the flu or respiratory conditions, uh, skin problems, uh, or if a patient just wants a second opinion on a, a diagnosis. Um, and doctors over the over the internet can actually uh, order tests to be done. They can uh, give, provide prescriptions to local pharmacies. So the number of services that TeleDoc offers patients is just growing. And so far, more than three, thousand doctors uh, are signed up on on Teladoc's platform. So this is a big network that just continues to grow.
0: And this is a company that's really about scale. Um, When you think about investing opportunities, good stocks to invest in, I like to see that there are multiple tailwinds, if you will, that will drive and propel this company forward. Really, for Teladoc, there's so much driving this. You've got, of course, people are looking for access to quality medical care. There's a convenience factor. There's also a physician shortage. And it's not even just stopping with physicians. It's just healthcare professionals in general. Um, And then, of course, you've got the healthcare expenditures that are also driving people to try this. Um, I think from a scale perspective, you're getting more and more doctors who ultimately want to be on a platform like this because ultimately they can hop on, they can control their own hours. And, And I think what that is doing is, of course, then driving more patients to get on this platform. Brian, I don't know about you, I tried telemedicine for the first time last year. Um, the interesting thing was it was not my first choice for healthcare. It just so happened that I was coming into work. I had a sick child. Um, my first thought was, oh, my goodness, how quickly can I get over to the pediatrician? And then my husband just so happened to say, oh, by the way, we actually have an app through insurance. Why don't you try that? As a parent, I was a little hesitant, Brian. <laughs> but I can tell you from the very first visit that I had, I was hooked. Now it has become, I think, the first line of defense, if you will, whether it be for my child or for me, when I'm thinking about going in for something that's more like acute care, not anything that's, I guess, chronic in nature or something where I feel like a doctor is going to have to do some work. But now I'm thinking... What can I not go into a doctor for? What can I use for telemedicine? Have you used it at all with you or your kids or your family? So we actually just
1: got access to it this year, and uh, I am itching to to give it a try because, uh, to your point, uh, this is a, this is incredibly convenient to use. And as a parent, my kids come home with you know runny noses and coughs and all kinds of skin things going on. So it is incredibly <laughs> compelling to me to be able to just hold a video conference rather than having to put my kids in the car, take them out of school, drive up somewhere, wait in the waiting room, and go through that whole rigmarole. If we can get that done in a matter of minutes from the comfort home, I can easily see how that could become a standard of care process um, for us. And Teladoc is is the far and away leader here, and they also recently uh, struck up a partnership Uh, with CVS, so they can actually put these uh, video conferencing things right into a CVS. So you might not, even if you don't have access to video conferencing at home, uh, through CVS's vast network, it won't be long before you can go in there and hold one of these uh, virtual conferences. And then you're, by the way, in CVS, so you can get a prescription field. So that's a a win-win for both. But let's talk from a a cost savings. So not only is there a huge convenience um, for patient's it's actually much cheaper to hold a virtual conference than it is to go to a, uh, into an office visit. So Teladoc uh, claims that it saves $141 uh, for using its, its, its platform versus an office visit. That number can be as high as $2,500 in savings if you use a video conference versus an ER. But when you blend everything together, uh, TeleDoc claims that the average visit saves, uh, leads to a cost savings of about $472, which is huge.
0: That is huge, and it's easy to see why you can very easily get hooked into this platform. Um, TeleDoc is seeing this on the the topic of member engagement. Um, they're seeing visit volume actually grow faster than membership itself. So once you get people using Teladoc, they continue to come back. This is something I like to see as an investor. Um, I also like with Teladoc, of course, reoccurring monthly revenue streams. They have a subscription offering. They also have some long-term license-based fees uh, to supplement that. They've got a predictable sales cycle. And their retention rates have really been in the ninety percent range, um, and have been holding pretty steady. So, all in all, I think Teladoc makes for a very compelling long-term investment, especially if you're looking to add to your portfolio stocks that are going after uh, the problem of healthcare expenditures. Brian, I got to ask you though: of these three stocks that we talked about today, which one is your top pick?
1: Well, that's that's a really tough. Uh, call right there. Uh, in my opinion, these companies actually uh, basket very well together as almost like a bringing down the cost of care basket. And there are definitely reasons to be uh, excited about the long-term potential of all three. Uh, I'm a little biased here because I've talked with Health Equities um, management team, and I think they are just led by rock stars and have a very great long-term opportunity. Uh, they're also the only ones of the three that are currently uh, profitable and cash flow positive. Um, so from a risk management perspective, I think I would go with Health Equity, but I could easily see any of these uh, being a very attractive uh, choice for investors. How about you, Shannon?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's hard not to like health equity. And I think in terms of what they're doing, um, especially on the HSA front, there really isn't anyone that has come close to doing what health equity is doing. So I think that's an easy one. But I think from, and it's hard to say, I'd say for me, Teladoc just has a very wide net to cast. And they're just now scratching the surface of mental health, behavioral health. That's a huge market opportunity in and of itself. I think $12 billion opportunity for them. And I think as mental health awareness and some of the stigmas that are associated with treatment for mental health are starting to go away, um, I think this just puts Teladoc in a perfect place to to jump right into that. And, you know, for all the other reasons that I said I like them, I think you, you really can't go wrong with Teladoc. Granted, they're not the only players in this space, so competitive dynamics are one thing. Um, but... When I was listening to the most recent Teladoc call, one of the comments that the CEO mentioned is that, yes, they do have, of course, some of some employers that will leave, but ultimately they do come back. It's that churn that I want to keep an eye on with Teladoc, but I do think this is a platform that once you get into it and your employees are using it, it's really hard to step away. So, like you said, I don't think you can go wrong with any of the three, uh, but ultimately for me, I think it's kind of a, a toss-up between health equity and Teladoc.
1: Well, I, I can hear almost hear Jason Moser somewhere pumping his fist with you. Saying <laughs> oh,
0: I'm that, sure sorry. he is. You see him bust in the studio at any moment now. Well, awesome. Um, hopefully, for all of our listeners out there, your takeaway from this is that there are opportunities that are going after the healthcare expenditure problem. You really can't go wrong with having that basket approach, Brian. I love that talk about a war on healthcare expenses basket. Um, start a basket, invest for the long run, and keep moving forward. And for us, for Brian and I, that'll of course, that'll do it for industry-focused healthcare. I do want to put out a very quick announcement. I hope, if you haven't already, that you've entered our Smarter, Happier, and Richer contest. If not, Head on over to the Motley Fool official Instagram account that is at the Motley Fool official and look for a photo of Foolish Swag. To enter, all you have to do is answer the question correctly and then just tag a friend in the comments of your post. If you win, your friends win too. We've got 10 Foolish hats, t-shirts, and our Motley Fool investment guide as prizes. Brian, I think I might just tag you, see if I can get a hold of some of this Foolish Swag. Let's do it. Let's do it. Come in. <laughs> All right. We want to thank you so much for tuning in. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. This show is being mixed by Austin Morgan for Brian Feroldi. I'm Shannon Jones. Thanks for listening and full on.